Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed. In today's top stories, Virgin Islands residents are feeling the effects of a garbage fire in the British Virgin Islands. American Airlines is expanding flight routes in the territory. Commissioner nominee for the Department of Licensing and Consumer Affairs says she plans to go after construction contractors who take advantage of Virgin Islanders. These stories and more on today's WTJX Newsfeed. From the Virgin Islands Public Broadcasting System Studios on St. Thomas, this is the WTJX Newsfeed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Welcome to the WTJX Newsfeed, bringing you the latest news and updates throughout our community. Over the weekend, residents on Tortola were awakened by smoke in the early morning hours on Saturday. Officials say a malfunctioning incinerator at the Pacwa dump site that led to the buildup of old garbage was the cause for the fire. High winds carried the smoke into nearby St. John and St. Thomas, with residents voicing complaints on social media. The BVI Minister for Health and Social Development, Vincent Wheatley, said they were having difficulties with logistics because of the broken incinerator. I must say we've been challenged with our incineration here in the BVI for a very long time. And I must apologize to the people in St. Thomas, the USVA, who are affected by all incineration, particularly the people in St. John, just like the people in, in District 1 and West End and so forth. They too have been affected by all incineration. Now, our incinerator has been broken. There was a fire incinerator, I think, in 2022, February 2022. So a little over a year, we haven't been incinerating. We have moved to kind of a, a landfill. But the area is a bit of a steep area, and the incinerator is on the bottom. The challenge we've been having is the our garbage trucks cannot take the garbage up to the landfill area. So what they have, have been doing is putting the garbage in a tipping area, we converted the parking lot at an incinerator into a tipping area where we store the garbage from the, from the garbage trucks. And then we hire another, some other trucks, four-wheel drive and so forth, to take the waste up the hill to the landfill. This is, a, this is a, a, a narrow dirt road. Of course, if it rains, it gets very slippery. It's a very dangerous road. The challenge we've had is that the trucks are bringing more garbage to the tipping area than we can effect, efficiently take up to the landfill. Minister Wheatley stated that prior to the fire, they have done work to manage the landfill, including working with the U.S. Virgin Islands Waste Management Authority for suggestions in how to manage their waste. He stated that the fire is contained, but they are still working to fix the issues. So what they're trying to do, they've closed off the dump for now until we get all that stuff from the bottom back up to the landfill. I think we're pretty much more than maybe three quarters of it is it's, it's, it's contained. I must thank the fire services. They came in to kind of quench the, the flames and so forth. But we have to still move the stuff from the tipping area up to the landfill area. I think in about, in about another two days or so, we should we should have completed moving all the garbage up. But fingers crossed. If it doesn't rain, because rain does slow up the progress down of taking stuff from the bottom up to the hill. So that's kind of where we are right now. We are trying to, to fix the current incinerator and also procure a newer and bigger one. So we are we're working as feverishly, as hard and as quickly as we can to resolve this issue. It's a problem for us in the BVA. It's a problem for you in the USVA. Minister Wheatley stated he could not answer at this time whether there was anything hazardous burning that could affect residents. 
on Saturday, Virgin Islanders, specifically those in the St. Thomas-St. John district, took pause as they felt the ground beneath them shake by two significant earthquakes in close succession. Vitima Deputy Director Regina Brown says the proximity is why residents were able to feel the earthquakes so intensely. It was projected at a 5.7 earthquake on the Richter scale. And basically it was on the Virgin Islands platform, which basically means that's why you could definitely feel it in the St. Thomas or the BBI area. Because when it's on that platform, it's a little bit closer to proximity. So people said they were shaking, different things like that. But the Puerto Rico Seismic Network was in constant communication with us the entire time and providing updates as needed. Deputy Director Brown says activity on the Virgin Islands platform has been increasing. The weekend before, there were about six to seven earthquakes that happened, but they were further away, like closer to like Dominica, you know, Grenada areas. So we didn't feel it here. But the seismic activity in the USBI is definitely happening a little bit more frequently. So we're observing it very much. But we want everyone to remember that if you feel any shaking that's so significant that things are falling off the wall or anything, please do not wait for the tsunami sirens to go off or even the alert VI message. Because sometimes that comes from actually the Pacific Tsunami Warning Center in Hawaii. And anything over a six or 6.5, it can take them up to like five to 10 minutes to analyze the data to then push through Everbridge. And a local tsunami can happen in less than 10 minutes like it did in 1867. So we want you guys to just be very conscious of what's happening and get to higher ground as quick as you can or just get as far away from the ocean until we send out that official message. Last holiday season, President Joe Biden spent time playing golf at the Buccaneer Beach and Golf Resort on St. Croix. His visit during the holiday season is something St. Croix residents have grown accustomed to over the years. While the president stays in a secure location on the eastern side of the island, he must traverse the roads of Christianstead Town. Government House Director of Communications Richard Mota could not confirm whether the president would be on island this holiday season, but responded to our inquiry if the nation's commander-in-chief and the accompanying media would be presented with the current conditions in Christianstead Town. So the government house has been mediating. There is a dispute between Waste Management Authority and one of the contractors, and we've been working with the contractor and Waste Management to kind of smooth over that dispute and, and help mediate that. And we are hopeful that we are going to make progress on getting those roads um, fixed in very short order. The governor has already signed the contract for the vendor to pave the roads and so it's just up to the contractor the current contractor to finish making those last minute things that need to be done before that new vendor can start on the road paving in the town of Christianstead. While lawmakers considered his nomination as commissioner of the Virgin Islands Department of Agriculture, Dr. Lewis Peterson told lawmakers they were working to revive the farmland infrastructure improvement program which focuses on projects to enhance access roads and improve water harvesting, storage, and distribution systems on public farmland. He stated that the department was actively working with the staff of the Virgin Islands Waste Management Authority on plans to utilize tertiary-treated wastewater for farming in Estate Bordeaux on St. Thomas. We have met with the Waste Management Authority in Bordeaux, and I learned for the first time that between 18 and 20,000 Gallons of water go to the sea every single day. So it's an opportunity, and we will take advantage of that. 
Senator Carla Joseph asked about the progress on the paving of roads to access property in Bordeaux under the Department of Agriculture. With respect to the roads in Bordeaux, if you go there now, Senator, you will see improved roads. Improved because we have an initiative with our machinery to, to, to grade the roads. But that is only temporary because as the rains come, we're going to have to continue maintaining the roads. So the other part of my response is this. We have some funding that we'll be using, again, for the purpose of wastewater management. We are strategically going to include road improvement as a part of that because roads, when properly graded and swaled, can contribute to wastewater management catchment. So we are working right now with our NRCS engineers to work on a plan that not only includes the sedimentation of the ponds, the construction of cisterns, but also the improvement of roads to contribute toward wastewater management. Dr. Peterson's nomination was voted upon favorably and will be moved to the full body for further consideration. American Airlines announced the addition of a new nonstop flight between Charlotte, North Carolina and St. Thomas beginning summer 2024. American Airlines' inclusion of the second daily flight from Charlotte in the summer reflects the strong demand for year-round travel into St. Thomas versus the traditional seasonality models, which commonly experience reduced flight patterns. The projected 2024 summer St. Thomas flight schedule, operated by American Airlines, will include weekly flights from Dallas-Fort Worth, Philadelphia, and New York City, as well as two daily flights from Miami. Additional entryway into the territory from American Airlines comprises of a weekly flight from Charlotte and two daily flights from Miami into St. Croix. You are listening to the WTJX News Feed. During her nomination hearing testimony, the commissioner nominee for the Department of Licensing and Consumer Affairs, Ms. Natalie Hodge, said that under her leadership, she plans to enhance the frequency of compliance checks conducted by the Enforcement Division. She stated they also plan to go after construction contractors who have taken advantage of Virgin Islanders seeking to repair or rebuild their homes. As you are aware, the construction board was also under my purview, and we, the agency, have seen an influx of complaints um, gearing towards the construction fraud. One part of my 90 days as I got start acting commissioner, I collaborated with the Virgin Islands Police Department the crime unit division, and we're going to partner together and go after these construction fraud complaints we have in the agency. Ms. Hodges' nomination was voted upon favorably and will be moved to the full body for further consideration. The Department of Agriculture's St. John office is closed and will reopen on Wednesday, December 13th. For more information, contact the St. Thomas office at 340-774-5182. Senator Samuel Carrion's bill, the Driver's Public Safety Act, was unanimously approved during a recent Committee on Rules and Judiciary hearing. Senator Carrion says the legislation is aimed at enhancing roadway safety in the territory. And the purpose of the bill is to allow individuals with an irregular status to apply for a driver's license a temporary limited purpose driver's license and a limited purpose identification card. And the purpose behind of it is to allow individuals that because of their status, currently our law does not allow them to apply for a driver's license to be able to do so. By allowing that, then we will have individuals driving our streets that are newly licensed, newly covered by insurance and understand our traffic laws 
creating then a more safer environment for everyone. And number two, they're also identified, they have an ID, which then would allow also for our police department to have a better record keeping when it comes to public safety of any incident that might occur. Senator Carrion stated that the measure has undergone some amendments after it was first presented at a Committee of Homeland Security hearing. After working with colleagues and varying government agencies, like the Department of Justice and the Bureau of Motor Vehicles, he says the measure will not only enhance safety, but would also generate revenue for the territory. Within the bill, there is a processing fee that has been applied, which will be additional revenue that would come into the territory. Additionally from, additionally from that, we understand that there are a number of individuals that are in the territory that their status is illegal, that their status is irregular, I should say. And this will give them the opportunity now to pay as they apply for their license. So that's new revenue um, for licensing fee. That's new revenue for registration fee. That's new revenue for insurance quotes, insurance costs and coverage. So we will be seeing also a generation uh, of new revenue within the territory through this measure. Senator Carrion said he's hopeful the bill will be passed and if approved by the full body, the Virgin Islands will join 23 other states in allowing these types of licenses to be granted. The St. Croix Bureau of Motor Vehicles office reopened today, resuming its regular business hours from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. The drop box system will continue to be temporarily in effect at the inspection lane until 2.45 p.m. Customers are asked to place their documents in the drop box with a contact number or email and they will be contacted to collect and pay for their completed transactions. Driver services, which include written test, road test, ID, and driver's license renewals, will remain by appointment only. Director Barbara Jackson McIntosh indicated that the Bureau is diligently working to complete the repairs of the office spaces at the St. Croix location. And for St. Croix residents, the Department of Public Works is advising the community of upcoming roadside maintenance on the Melvin Evans Highway. The road will be closed and motorists are asked to use alternative routes while road crews work to clean the median on the Melvin Evans Highway near the Estate Profit intersection. Cleaning will continue tomorrow, Tuesday, December 12th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the eastbound lanes from the Clifton Hill intersection to the Estate Profit intersection by Diageo. Government House Director of Communications Richard Mota provided details at today's press briefing as the Department of Personnel begins their end-of-year retroactive wage payments. Payments will be distributed to all eligible active, separated, and retired government employees in the classified service between the years of 1990 and 2001. If you were an exempt employee during this time frame, this payment would not apply to you. Given the information provided, the Division of Personnel is also now accepting retroactive wage compensation claims from survivors of eligible, active, separated, or retired employees. Survivors are encouraged to initiate the claim process beginning on December 6, 2023. To submit a survivor claim, please visit the Division of Personnel's website at dopusvi.org. All claims must be submitted on or before May 31st of 2024. The St. Thomas St. John Historic Preservation Committee 
will hold its public monthly meeting tomorrow, December 12th at 1 p.m. The public is invited to attend the meeting that will take place via Teams. To register, call the HPC coordinator Patton Malford at 340-776-8605 or visit the department's Facebook page for more details. You're listening to the WTJX Newsfeed. For public schools in the St. Thomas St. John District, an instructional makeup day will be held on December 20th. Final exams for grades 7 through 12 will be held on December 13th, 14th, and 15th, and report cards for current semester will be distributed on December 20th. The University of the Virgin Islands Research and Technology Park is now taking applications for the 2024 cohort of Accelerate VI. We spoke with Associate Director of Marketing, Sydney Paul, to explain what Accelerate VI is. Accelerate VI is a program to help nurture early stage technology companies, primarily in the Virgin Islands, but we also work with companies and founders outside of the Virgin Islands, regionally and in the United States. How the program works is we accept a group of tech founders based on their companies and we work with them for a 12-week period. It's sort of like a boot camp to get early stage companies to a better place to give them a boost up in terms of scaling um, and growing their companies. Ms. Paul says they work specifically with technology and knowledge-based businesses. During the 12-week program, the companies work with our team, which is led by Eric Sonier, who's our Director of Entrepreneurship. Eric has gone through tech accelerator programs himself, some of the best in the world, like Y Combinator and the Capital Factory. He based the structure of our accelerator program at the RT Park on his experiences at those institutions, those organizations. And we really we work one-on-one -on -one with these companies for 12 weeks through providing them mentorship, providing them with um, access to individuals in the tech industry who have gone through what they're going through, can help them with every aspect of the business through development of the product or the solution to marketing, to getting the business set up, to in, in, uh, introducing them to investors, which is really important at the beginning of an early stage tech company. At the end of the 12 weeks, Businesses go through a demo day where they pitch their company to potential investors in the park's network. One of the great things also about um, Accelerate VI is that we offer a grant to any company that is accepted into the program. So essentially, it's our way of nurturing a new group, a new community or ecosystem of entrepreneurs in the territory, specifically who are working in, the, in some aspect of the tech industry. Ms. Paul told us they are looking for companies that could help make an impact in the territory. We're really looking for solutions or businesses that are providing something in the technology space that would benefit the territory, right? Like we have a lot of challenges here in the territory. We have a lot of challenges in the Caribbean. And if we can find entrepreneurs in the territory who may have a solution, we want to help you build it because it benefits the rest of the territory. The application to be a part of the fifth cohort is free and can be found at AccelerateVI.com. As we continue in the news feed, we're turning now to our regional report. Tensions between Guyana and Venezuela continue to rise over their dispute over the Esquibo region. In an effort to ease tensions, the leaders of Guyana and Venezuela are preparing to meet this week to address the matter. 
In reporting for the AP News, President Irfan Ali spoke to reporters last evening while his security detail wore shirts reading, Eskibo belongs to Guyana. He stated that he is coming to discussions with goodwill, but insisted that his country be respected and that the case be heard by the International Court of Justice. President Ali is scheduled to meet Thursday with Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro behind closed doors on St. Vincent. President Ali stated that he was very confident that good sense will prevail. The dispute over Esquibo, which represents two-thirds of Guyana and borders Venezuela, worsened after Venezuela held a referendum last week on whether to claim sovereignty over the region. The century-old dispute reignited with the discovery of masses of oil in Guyana. President Ali stressed that Guyana will not negotiate with Venezuela, insisting that the case be heard by the International Court of Justice in the Netherlands as planned. In our final update on the news feed, meteorologist Eric Weglars has the territory's weather forecast. Here's the latest look at the short-term forecast for the Virgin Islands. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. Mostly cloudy skies continue this afternoon. There will be areas of light rain as well, especially towards sunset. Temperatures will hold in the middle 80s at St. Croix. Winds from the east at 20 to 25 miles per hour with gusts as high as the upper 20s. At St. Thomas and St. John, we'll find a bit more in the way of sunshine. Still scattered showers are possible near sunset. Temperatures will be in the upper 80s. Winds in the east at 20 to 25 with gusts close to 30. Tonight features scattered showers early and then decreasing clouds after midnight area-wide. Lows fall back into the middle 70s at St. Croix with winds in the east at 15 to 20 miles per hour. Gusts as high as 25. At St. Thomas and St. John, lows are similar in the middle 30s. Winds from the east at 20 to 25 miles per hour. Gusts as high as 30. And Tuesday features sunshine with afternoon clouds and scattered showers area-wide. Highs will reach the middle 80s at St. Croix. Winds remain a bit breezy from the east-northeast at 15 to 20, gust to 25. And at St. Thomas and St. John, it's actually more windy. Highs will hold in the upper 80s with winds from the east-northeast at 20 to 25 with gusts at or just over 30 as we go towards sunset. Rip current risk remains elevated through the end of the work week. That's the latest look at your short-term forecast. I'm meteorologist Eric Weglars. We are at the end of today's WTJX newsfeed. I'm Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Join me every weekday at 5 p.m. If you haven't already, be sure to download the WTJX app. And if you missed a part of our news, you can listen to it on demand wherever you get your podcasts.